a story? Mother? A story? Grandmother? Mother, will you tell me a story? <laughs> Your child voice is far creepier than mine. <laughs> what are you telling me a story, Mother? Gather round the fire. <laughs> tell me a wee tale. Listen to Grandma. She about to tell you a story that'll shake your knickers off. <laughs> this is all Hello, the podcast is going to be. Welcome to Two Blonde Ghouls. I'm Nicola. And I'm Tia. I don't know why I always say my name really hesitantly every time. Yeah, I almost said I'm Nicola last week. <laughs> you know, you could be for a day. Eventually it all blends together of our identities. Well, I think we do kind of blend together for everyone in the office now. Mm-hmm. Where there's one, the other is not far. Yeah, do people, can people tell our, that's something, a good question. If you can tell our voices apart. I think you can. Comment Because mine's like a little deeper than yours. You think so? I've always thought you had a higher voice than mine. Do I? I don't know. Okay, that's actually a really good question then. Because I think when you listen to your own voice, you are going to pick up like on the isn't things that, you don't like. Because I think I have a deep voice. Isn't that like a thing how your voice always sounds deeper to you. Well, it's like when you hear yourself in a voicemail and you just want to die. Because you hear yourself. I am so used to myself talking from all the editing that I'm <laughs> well, doing. going to say from all the times you just talk from to yourself. From all the times that I talk and um, from all the editing I've done. I First, like when we started this, I thought like it was going to be so cringy, but my yeah. voice doesn't bother me anymore. It, but mm. I, I've always thought that, and it being deep doesn't bother me either. Mm. I just always thought that. I think I just have a weird voice in the sense of like a strange kind of accent kind of thing. Because I remember yeah. when I would listen to myself when I did film and recordings, because we had to watch ourselves for critiques, and it was awful, absolutely the awful. Worst, yeah. It was the worst. Um, I do remember sitting there and going, "Is that actually what I sound like? <laughs> Is that because I sound?" Odd, and I do think I have like a bit of a weird canter, like, and my pronunciations are kind of weird because of it's just me. I'm just me. Yeah, you do. Um, Thanks, but I think <laughs> it's different, not weird. Yeah, it's different because it's a like a slight, like the slightest bit of a Slavic accent, but mm-hmm. it's so mild, but it still kind of throws off some of my pronunciations. We so. both have fairly deep voices. For we do. Women. We do. <laughs> which is not, which is resonant. Resonant. Soft, very Barry Manilow. Warm. Yeah, that's who I'd compare warm. us to, Barry Manilow. Okay, if there's one thing I wouldn't describe our voices as, it's warm. <laughs> Do you think we're nasally? <laughs> More like extremely aggressive. <laughs> warm? I'm warm towards some, and the rest just get what's left over. I hope there's someone, there are a few podcasts I listen to while I fall asleep, and I just listen to the same episode over and over. I mm. hope that someone feels that way about our voices one day. I doubt it, but I hope Can so. you imagine there's this one dude who's just like, man, I can't sleep unless I listen to the nasally sounds of Tia and Nicola telling me a really under-researched... The dulcet tones of... Dulcet. There's the there's yeah. the word I was thinking. I don't think we're dulcet. No. I would not describe us as dulcet. I remember once when I because I'm a classically trained pianist. Just throwing in my skill set in every episode. I'm a but, classically trained pianist. I actually am. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I remember I went back to classes after taking some time off because I wanted to get my teachers like you have to be eighth grade piano in order to then go for your teachers and whatever Mm -hmm. and I went back to this teacher I used to go to and she was like wow do you sing and I was like well it depends on your definition of (laughs) being able to sing and she's like because your voice is so melodic and I was like I don't know about that (laughs) maybe slightly anxious like anxious sounding because it goes up and down so much but I wouldn't say my voice sounds melodic maybe the people think that and I always laugh like after every sentence (laughs) What were you saying? Maybe the people think that your voice is melodic. I wonder. Like, I wonder yeah. how people perceive our voices. I was talking my, yeah. with someone today about she's going to start listening to her podcast. Oh, don't. Um, oh, no. I know. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I was like, yourself. why did everyone keep over the last, like, maybe two weeks, like, three or four coworkers have told me they've been listening and that they're, they love it and they're binging. And I'm always like, why? And they're like, because it's like being with you. And yeah. I was like... 
But why? And? Like, why would you? Yeah, we, we mentioned on the last episode that they were like, it's like being in the lunchroom with you guys. And it's like, but why do you want to keep doing that in the safety of your home? Maybe they start listening to it a lot because I have had such issues with speaking properly with this Bell's palsy. They're like, man, Nicola's really putting in that effort to pronounce her damn P's. They were going to listen to this podcast. Or... Have we considered maybe people actually are just interested in what we're doing? That's not possible. (laughs) That is impossible. Maybe it is possible. I don't know. The world is full of possibilities. Let us know. um, I thought she said lots of snow. (laughs) No. (laughs) Please do send us an email if you um, think this is worth listening to. And send us an email if you hate us. But also tell us what you think of our voices so I have something to cry over. Send us... Anything. Anything. Really. Just not dick pics. Not dick pics. Unless they're in a mo- even if they're in a monocle, no. Just straight if up not dick pics. Done like if you've composed them in an artistic way, we'll take them for review. <laughs> it's like a screenshot by screenshot of the first Harry Potter film played out by dicks. Yeah. If you or if you want to send us a picture of your penis and you want us to draw on it, we'll take that. Okay. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to stare intently at someone's dick pic. If you want to, if you want to, like, if you want us to, like, make it into a character, um, <laughs> serial killer dicks. Serial killer. <laughs> oh the Ted Bundy dick. If you want to send us a picture of your penis, we will draw the face. That's of way Ted Bundy too open of like an imitation. <laughs> You're basically just saying send us perverse photos. Man, send that's just Tia. That Nicholas on the fence with that one. Perverse photographs your perverse photos to our email please don't um how are you (laughs) after all that (laughs) scared um i'm okay it's it's i you know what i actually am good because i booked flights to um montreal and toronto so i get to go see um two really good friends of mine and check out montreal and i also booked flights to la and part of me is excited, and the other part of me is like, really hope I don't get murdered. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Are you just sitting and sniffing a bag of lavender? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you about my life, Tia. I have anxiety. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I hope I don't get murdered in LA because there's a lot of murders that happened back in like the 70s and 80s in mm-hmm. LA. So yeah. um, that's you know what? If I get out alive, I'm gonna get a gold star and just stick the good it on news myself. is that this area is a pretty um good hot spot for murders too so you're not Vancouver? Really safe anywhere yeah yeah but la i don't know there's like a something else about it maybe it's the hollywood sign or the smog but i feel like and all the people <laughs> railing coke and their how's that any different from vancouver right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. There's a reason why, like, 80% of the population has a consistent cold. Mm-hmm. The sniffles. The coke <laughs> sniffles. So um, that's me. So I'm traveling soon, which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, t- uh, taking a break from dating apps. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Can we make a podcast about, about my... your dating app experiences? <laughs> I think that that would become popular. I bet you it would, but mm-hmm. also it hit home. Far too strongly for probably many men and women out there. Because I'm not saying that it's only women. Like, men, I'm sure, encounter. Yeah, I think probably. A, a person or two to the a 90 women encounter. Yeah. So. Um, I think that a podcast where girls, two girls read their dating oh, app experiences would be hysterical. Um, <laughs> and I think it would do really well. <laughs> yeah. Read that one. About I think it would be great lovers, yeah. I think it'd be funny. It would be funny. Maybe yeah. we'll have a special episode. It's like a true crime. It could have led to a true crime <laughs> if I agreed to meet up with a couple of these or a few of these or like most of these guys. It could have definitely this is turned into one. A podcast that's Nicola true Dodge crime Death. <laughs> in it's like a true crime in real life. Yeah. Like it's like true crime and reenactment, except it's reality. <laughs> true crime IRL. <laughs> true crime IRL where you try to get murdered. <laughs> It's not that hard if you have Tinder and Bumble, I'm quite sure. <laughs> but um, how are you, Tia? I'm okay. I'm he- I'm fine. I um, have been listening to way more true crime stuff lately because um, I think I mentioned a while ago that sometimes I have to take a break. Yeah, so you I took don't... a little sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've been listening to um, 
a lot of stuff and it's been good it's been a nice distraction from the real world as Mm -hmm. weird as that sounds well yeah that is a weird to get away from the real world i listen to the deaths of real people (laughs) come on tia normal people go you know watch the third film of harry potter it's like to get away from responsibilities you know I guess. It's interesting. It is. No, it is interesting. It's just funny they use that as like your escapism is crime. (laughs) It's adorable. It's, it's kind of like, I, the world of like internet detectives is a thing, um, over the last few years. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like you listen to something or watch something and you want to solve it yourself. And that kind of takes you away. Oh yeah. I've definitely spent many an hour at 4am trying to solve, um, Joe Benet's murder. Joe Benet? The brother did it. John Bonet. John Bonet. Jesus. <laughs> the brother did. Burke did it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. For he sure. had something to do with it. That yeah. kid is. Let's do a Jean Bonet Ramsey extravaganza when we have a lot of time to record. Yes. Because that's a big one. That is a big one. Sorry, I was checking the time. I was gonna make it. That's what she said. Comment, but I feel those are overdone. Um. But do we want to dive into this? It's here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do I'm it. I'm excited All to right. hear what you have for so, me. So, um, Tia won't be surprised. Oh, you're taking a page out of my book and using your phone. And not using a page. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't told Tom yet that we've called him out. Um, we called him out in, like, one of the first episodes. We called him out, I think, in three episodes by now, and he has no idea. <laughs> Does he not listen anymore? He, listen, the paper he listens to them sometimes. The paper sounds. He listens to them sometimes. Was that the final star? Was he the one star? He insists he isn't. I still have a feeling that we both know who the one star yeah, is. I'm pretty sure we know. Um, Maybe it was one of us. <laughs> no, was it was it you? No, I gave us five stars. <laughs> Can you don't say that that you gave your own pocket <laughs> and then liking your know. own Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How, How many times have you done that? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, one star person, we know who you are. Yeah. Alright, so today I'm gonna talk about a crime that happened in nineteen forty four. 1974, sorry. Uh, so it's a crime slash a crime. supernatural, okay? Mm-hmm. So as we're all used to, Nicola starting takes a while, as I also speak in third person right now. It takes a while for me to warm up. <laughs> I'm like a really old, like, Corolla. <laughs> Just, here's what you have to do. You have to tell a story. No shit! No, not narrate it, not read it off the page. Tell it to me like you want to tell me. So it's 1974 and it's November. You said it was 1940-something. I know, but then I corrected myself. It's 1974. And Ronald Defoe Jr. Oh my God. Has just murdered his entire family and became one of the most infamous killers in all of American history. I said this both last week and... To this morning. Yeah, we're talking. Because I knew that you yeah, were. We're talking this. about the fucking Amityville house. I'm really excited. And I'm not going to talk about the Lutz family okay. in this whatsoever because the Lutz family was full of BS. Yeah. Um, they're, they're the ones that most people know about. And mm-hmm. that's what the Amityville horror movies were based off of in the books. Was off the accounts of the Lutz family saying there were these hauntings and these spirits and this and this happened. And it's basically common knowledge that it's all fabricated. Yeah. And I think they've even acknowledged that large portions of it are fabricated. They did acknowledge that it was. Yeah. So we're not going to. They're, they're not the ones that matter. We're going to be talking about Ronald um, Jr. specifically. Yeah. So we're just going to talk a little about this house. I'm sure a lot of people know what this house looks like. It's an iconic. It's pretty iconic. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a Dutch colonial and what it's really known for is it has those two top windows that look like eyes looking mm-hmm. onto the street and that's what like pretty much anyone who looks at it notices mm-hmm. right away that's these. So we're not going to talk about George and Kathy. George and Kathy. Like if there aren't like names that just scream liars. <laughs> it's George and Kathy. I'm sorry for George's and Kathy's. I'm not. <laughs> I know you're not. Okay. So the reason I'm going to talk mostly about um, Ronald Jr. is because of what he said for his reasonings for murdering his entire family. Mm-hmm. And what he had said was that voices had urged him to murder his family. Okay. And a lot of people connect those to either possession or a haunting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about both the supernatural aspect and then also just the scientific explanation that was given for mm-hmm. his actions so i didn't know 
that. I thought that he did Yeah, he, he said that voices... It's like um, Son of Sam who said the devil was in the dog and it told him to yeah. Yeah, kill people. I'll do Son of Sam, don't worry. <laughs> I'll, we can both do Son of Sam. I mean, that's just a whole bucket of fun, no, isn't it? All right, so let's get to know Ronald and his family. So he was born on September 26th in 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Defoe was the oldest of five children. His parents' names were Ronald and Louise Defoe. And honestly, men who name their sons I was literally just after about to themselves, say <laughs> it's like how my dad tried to name me after him and my mom fought him tooth and nail on it. What was he going to call you? Which is my middle name, Michelle. Oh, okay, so Michael. He won. Okay. Because he went behind her back. <laughs> but just don't name your child after your... Like, that's the most, like, ass-kissing thing you as, can do. As soon as it's, um, like, Presley the Third, it's, like, not cute. Louis the 17th. You, like, know like, that... That's enough Louis. Like, that's not a... That's not a good dude. That's like, enough you Louis. don't want to be... Like, you wouldn't want to date someone who was, uh the third well then it's like you're screaming not only his name but his father's name his grandfather's name and also it it says something about like bloodlines and lineage and oh it definitely has that vibe yeah it's just gross yeah and if you're someone who's named after your father like i'm not well i am but (laughs) but don't take it personally I mean, do. Just live your life. This live your life. This is about... Live your life with what you got. It's about people taking it personally. <laughs> so his father was a successful car salesman. And back in the 70s, that was actually a pretty good gig to have. Yeah? Yeah, it was being a okay. car salesman. And he worked at his father-in-law's in Brooklyn and Buick dealership. Mm. And provided the family with a very comfortable upper middle class life. Oh, okay. So he came from a very privileged background in the sense of... He he's a white, like straight man who grew up in a not wealthy but a comfortable lifestyle with a family that's still together siblings they have a house they have cars all these things a so buick, he's obviously a buick so he's he good and like, his name's ronald and so. his name is ronald how much okay? privilege <laughs> how much privilege can you get so there are claims um that the father was a domineering figure though mm-hmm. but not abusive just yeah. he was an authority figure controlling yeah whatever. controlling and that kind of thing and he'd often get in fights with his wife and his children most notably ronald jr is See, that's the one why they i fight thought the most. that he killed them i didn't know anything about what you're gonna tell me so yeah. well let's let's listen look listen tia look listen look listen so little ronald jr when he wasn't fighting with his father he was bullied being bullied blah, 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 being bullied at school because he was the overweight weird kid mm. And he was, uh, it's kind of sad. He was constantly tormented, tormented by his classmates. Cats are fucking mean. Cats, cats are mean. <laughs> you know what? I just want to come out right now and make this statement. <laughs> the cats are mean. <laughs> Kids are mean. Yeah. I was bullied in elementary school. Me too. Yeah. I think most people were, either you were a bully or you were bullied. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was bullied. And I don't even, I could, people ask me like why? And it's like, I genuinely couldn't tell you why. I genuinely couldn't because they called me ugly and I was like, well, I'm not fat. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. But but then it's like, yeah, but I'm just as ordinary as you can get it. Like I'm a white chick with red blonde hair and green eyes. Like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, hurt people hurt people. That's that is true. Um, But the thing is, though, like in a lot of these cases, it's like he was bullied as a child mm-hmm. or whatever, which like sucks and is sad but mm-hmm. he, like i was bullied and i didn't kill my entire family you know what i mean that's like, very it's just true not... i just wish when i was a kid they're more creative with their insults because i was very very translucent looking they could have called me and like so many other things other than ugly yeah <laughs> like there was an unlimited supply of ghost jokes they could have made i'll come up with some or zombie thank you yeah they then... could have said i have the plague yeah like there's so much they could have worked with but they went with the you know what wasted opportunity for them wasted so, anyways, so the combination of these two things has led a lot of people to believe that it led up to how he became when he was a little older and the relationship he started having with his family. Mm-hmm. So, as he got older, he began to physically lash out against his um, father as well as his friends. His family, out of concern, did take him to speak to a psychiatrist, but Ronald Jr. insisted he didn't need the help, and eventually the trips to the doctor stopped. You always say that you don't need the help. It- that's the thing. It's yeah. like you don't trust somebody 
who says they don't need the help. It's not up to them. Everyone should speak to a counselor. Yeah. Because everyone has something. No matter how small it is, everyone has something. Mm -hmm. So it's healthy just to even get it off your chest. But I do think this is like the 70s. People are not as open to speaking about their mental wellness, especially men. It's not a great time for mental health. It's not a, it's a low time for mental health. <laughs> a great time after the 60s with all that free love, but not a great time for mental health. Yeah. Um, so anyways, his parents were desperate to ease their son's anger because he had really upsetting behavior, mm-hmm. he, a lot of arguments, he's getting physical. So they just try using, this is the thing like, this blows my mind. Um, they tried using cash and gifts oh as incentive, God. as like a bribing kind of thing. I hate rich people. And they're hoping it would help their tra- troubled son. Like, they're hoping it would make him essentially feel happiness. Not be a piece of shit. Not be a POS, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I, just, I, just, I just abbreviate, like, an LOL thing. Jeez. Yeah, I don't, you said it like you didn't want to swear, which is so weird. Because <laughs> swearing is so unladylike. Yeah. Women should never swear. Fuck. <laughs> That's so, I hate rich people. Because... Yeah. It's so often rich people who commit crimes, yeah. and it's because of this, because they've been neglected or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and that's why. But they're why. not taught to cope. No. That's the thing. Like, you need to teach your children to cope. Like and I, not that, like, daddy's going to give yeah. you a car or Yeah, whatever. exactly. I didn't have that. Like, I when either. I acted out, my mom... She gave me the good old Polish stare and told me that well, I don't stop. appropriate reprimanding and appropriate, yeah. not like abusing your kids, but appropriate, Absolutely. you know, like talking to and whatever mm-hmm. that teaches them that they can't. It's like it's like the gifts of money are a reward for anger, and that's the thing. And is, and it's like it's like when you train your dog. And this is absolutely applies because I have this issue with my dog. You cannot reward bad behavior. Mm -hmm. If you reward bad behavior, they're going to continue with the bad behavior. Obviously. Listen to two people who have no children give you parenting (laughs) advice, okay? We obviously know. God, dogs are like kids, aren't they? (laughs) Next is our parenting podcast. You'll hear it. We're going to have a podcast about everything and we're never going to have a life. In 2019. So not surprising, his upsetting and angering behavior didn't stop. Oh, really? That's super shocking. Yeah. I would never see and they were giving him a lot of things, including a $14,000 speedboat. Oh, Jesus Christ. So these people were loaded. They were loaded. Yeah. They had money. Like... For fuck's sake. Is is Amityville... Where is Amityville? New York. It like, But it's like in New York. Ocean something. Okay. Ocean something. So it's like beside... <laughs> Imagine it's like, it's ocean something, but it's, so like, it's like in the like middle on, of the woods. It's like on the coast. It's, it's the upper class. Like, it's okay. not super wealthy. It's not like, um, Shaughnessy here. But it's in, like, the New York countryside. You don't know. That's fine. I don't, mm, I really don't know the East Coast much. We never know anything here. About like, I don't East expect Coast. you to know, th- I don't know why I'm asking you, but, like, I just was curious. Um, I think it's, it's in wooded areas. Like, it's okay. in a wooded area. Yeah. It's, that's good enough, honestly. Yeah. That's there like are the trees only, there. In New York and wooded area, that's the only thing people yeah. come to this podcast for, so. So, as they're doing this, by the time he's 17, he was an LSD, a heroin user, Jesus. and was kicked out of school due to violent outbursts. Heroin. That's... Yeah, that's intense. That's not, you know, popping Molly every once in a while. That's <laughs> popping like... some Molly, just eating some shrooms. No, that's <laughs> hardcore stuff. Yeah. So. so instead of taking this as a hint to change tactics, his parents continued to reward their son. God. By 18, Ronald Jr. got a prized position as grandfather's car dealership, and they expected little of him. Of course he fucking So did. it was more just nepotism. That's all it is. Well, like, and it's also just, like, put this kid somewhere and just make him go away not just that but probably even just supervision because it's Mm -hmm. his grandfather so his grandfather and his father was there and they thought even if he doesn't do anything at least we can keep an eye on this little bugger who keeps Mm -hmm. fucking i was gonna say eating lsd (laughs) he keeps having it for breakfast i don't know how to stop him he keeps doing the lsd (laughs) can you tell that i'm a heavy drug user what a good fucking way to like show a kid to stop their behavior yeah and this blows my mind like you would never hear of this when I was like in my family. Mm-hmm. You'd never hear. Or of this for happening. a woman. You'd never hear of this for no. a woman. It'd be like, stop being such a slut, Kathy. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Or it'd be more like Ro- like Roseanne if this guy's <laughs> Ronald. Roseanne? Yeah, very close. Yeah. I mean, 
That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. That's I fine. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets a prized position, and he also earned a weekly allowance from his father. Good God. Regardless if he attended work or even worked at all at work. Okay. So was he, like, in this, he was getting paid from this job. Yeah. And he was getting an allowance. You yeah. don't need an allowance when you're getting paid. So he put this money towards his car, which was another gift from his folks, as well as guns, booze, and drugs. Guns. Oh my god, they bought him guns. He, no, he put that money he received towards guns. Oh, he bought, okay, that's That's fucking, so he's 17 at this point, right? Yep, yep. So he's, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, and all this is just a giant cauldron of shit about to blow up in the family's face, Yeah, well, and also just the fact, I mean, we talked about this endlessly last time, but just the fact that you can buy a gun when you're 17 in america it's for just, some reason yeah and this is the 70s so i can only imagine that the gun laws were even yeah. worse because i ma- i think new york is like fairly yeah, you would tighter, well there have right? been yeah there have been gun like, like changes, uh, changes yeah. over the yeah. years definitely yeah there actually just recently was in the last election in washington mm. and stuff you know so guns don't but do them regardless just <laughs> thinking like if i give this kid all this shit then maybe he'll go away or maybe he'll just start being normal. Not even yeah. normal, because that's not the right word to use, but just stop being healthier. a little... Healthier. There getting we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, getting better. So over time, his behavior, shockingly, only got worse. He oh, threatened a friend surprising. with a rifle God. during a hunting trip, and later that day acted as if nothing had happened and everything was fine. Wow. He also tried to shoot his father with a 12-gauge shotgun during a fight between his parents. He well, that could have been the first fucking sign, Just wait, it? just wait. He pulled the trigger point-blank range, but the gun malfunctioned. So he literally tried to kill him. So he literally tried to kill him. Wow. His father ended up ending the argument, but left the situation stunned and in total shock, of course, because mm-hmm. your child just actually tried to kill you. But not stunned enough to do something. Because you're in shock, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine being a parent and your mm-hmm. kid comes at you with a shotgun and luckily it malfunctions yeah. and you're just like, well, what do you do, right? Because your kid just tried to shoot you, so it'd probably be like... yeah. I wouldn't want to go approach that kid. Mm-hmm. Kid's obviously unhinged. In 1974, Ronald Jr. getting angry over what he believed was a meager salary. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate this fucking kid so much. I knew when I was getting this ready that I was gonna be like, Tia's gonna hate this guy I hate so this t- this much. He ha- he's everything that both you and I can't stand. Mm. So he plotted methods to embezzle money from the car dealership. In October, the dealership entrusted him with depositing more than 20000 into the bank. I'm why? sorry. Like, like, why would you ever trust this kid? Be like, you know what? I know Ronald Jr. is a little piece of shit, but you know what? We can totally trust him with twenty k. You know what? I know he's on heroin, but let's just give him... I know he loves the LSD, like, but let's just give him the... Like, yeah. there's, there's just... I don't understand, but mm-hmm. either way... 20k in the bank. He planned a fake robbery with a friend, agreeing to split the money evenly. The plan worked until the police came to the dealership to question Ronald Jr. He exploded into a rage. Exploded. And the cops, being suspicious of him and believing that he was lying, asked him to come into the station to check mugshots of possible suspects. He refused. His father began to suspect that his son had committed the robbery, but when asked, Ronald Jr. threatened to kill the father. So this kid, like... It just goes to show how much people will trust you rich white boys. I think it's not just that, but I think they really wanted to believe that he could be better. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think they thought, like, oh, if we give him more responsibility. Probably. Oh, if we put him in the workforce. Oh, if we do this and this, maybe being around people who are hardworking, it will rub off on him. But unfortunately, well, there's some people that just simply doesn't work. Yeah. And I definitely have known some people where... They'll be in that environment and they stay the same. They just try to take advantage of other people mm-hmm. in, that, in that in the other positions, right? So this kid, and this kid was always troubled. Like this is from when he was a ch- like very young, and they lived in this house I think his entire life. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, the son did go through with his threat, as we know. Yeah, and he did kill the father, including the rest of his family. So in the early hours of November thirteenth, nineteen seventy four, um, this is when the murders happened. Mm-hmm. So using a .35 caliber Marlin rifle from his stash of guns, Ronald Jr. entered his parents' bedroom and shot them both while they were sleeping. He then went to his brother's bedroom, shooting them both in the heads, and also ended up shooting the sisters point-blank in their bedrooms. And what I read, which was really, like, if you're really grossed out by anything, even slightest gore, like, skip for the next, like, 
25 seconds, but apparently when the cops went in and found the bodies of the girls, they couldn't actually tell where they had been shot right away because there's so much blood. Oh, my God. So it took them a couple moments to realize that it was headshots. So that's, like, just absolute rage-fueled. Rage-fueled, and it's it's point-blank with a rifle. And rifles are... I don't know a lot about guns, but my impression of rifles is that the, it's it's a higher pressure. Like, yeah. when the bullet leaves the, the cavity, barrel. <laughs> <laughs> leaves the barrel. It leaves the gun cavity. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, the gun cavity. But that's, like, I think, like, whenever there is a shot or, like, a murder where there's more than one shot um, or more than two shots or more than two stab wounds or whatever yeah. that's just there's something going on but he there. shot them each once point blank oh but it was okay, so he's sm- so close yeah. that, oh wow. it's like right against the head so that's why it was realize. hard for them to tell where because there's just so much that like, covered everywhere the the, the blood and everything horrifying. so defoe killed all six of his family members his dad ronald his mom louise his siblings don who was 18 allison was 13 mark was 12 and john matthew was nine all around 3 a.m. Babies. And all the murders took place in 15 minutes. Oh, my God. And n- no one in the family woke up during this time, even as the family dog was tied up outside barking constantly, which the neighbors remembered here. So after this, Ronald Jr. showered, dressed for work. <laughs> it's so... It's so surreal. Like, That's, it's and so... even reading it, it's just like, I don't know how you can go yeah. from... Well, because we're not people like that yeah we're people who can barely hurt anything as sarcastic as we are um i don't really think we'd hurt a fly but he he's like in you know crazy mode like he's just completely disconnected completely yeah so he collected the bloody clothes and the murder weapon in a pillowcase and dumped the evidence in a storm drain on the way to work around 6 a.m when he got to work, he called home pretending to not know why his father had not shown up for work. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He left work around noon, claiming to be bored, and went to... <laughs> his little okay, fucker. me too. <laughs> like, his little fucker, honestly. I just murdered my entire family. I'm on board, so I'm going to go meet up with friends. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. So he went to meet up with friends. Um, he tried to secure an alibi by telling each of the people he visited he couldn't seem to reach anyone at home. Hey, do you guys know what's weird? I like, can't I reach like, dinner, anyone at home. But do you guys want to hear? I just wanted you to know I can't reach anyone. Like, I just need you to know that I can't reach anyone. We know, Ronald, you told us that five times. But I need but you to you know, know that. that. Hey, hey, Kathy, you're here now. Did you know that I can't reach anyone? <laughs> he just goes to, like, the random people home? on the street. Be like, you saw me here. You saw, and I can't reach. Look, I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm on the, I'm fucking calling. Do you hear the answering machine? Ring. Ring. <laughs> dick. So... <laughs> Okay, so at 6 p.m., he called a friend in mock surprise, telling them that someone had broken into their house and murdered his family. Surprise. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Benjamin, you wouldn't believe what I walked in on. You like, wouldn't believe the day I've had. <laughs> like, I just walked in and someone's broken in and murdered my entire family. Like, how do you mock... Su- like, mine is, like, beyond unbelievable. Unbeknownst to me. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, someone has broken in. Like... How can, oh, again, obviously in a completely different headspace than any person who doesn't want to murder their entire family. Okay, so when the police arrived, Defoe, so Ronald Jr., tried to pin it on a mafia hit by a man named Louis Fellini. uh, Ronald Jr. mentioned a grudge between him and his father over some dealership work. He claimed he believed that his family was alive before he left for work and and told them about his whereabouts during the day. The police placed him in protective custody as they searched for a suspect. Hey, did you? Did, hey, police man, did you know that I couldn't reach my home? Just, <laughs> you should ask Kathy. Also, don't fucking pin it on on fucking Fellini. What the fuck? Did you know he who ever I do? think did it? Mafia. I mean, what the fuck did he ever do to you? Jesus he Christ. probably just got a bad deal in a Buick and was mad at that guy's dad, and then like. Yeah, I mean, listen, you get a bad deal on a Buick or two, you're gonna be angry. <laughs> I'm angry when I get a bad deal on a coffee. So, (laughs) what do you mean it's gone up ten cents? I mean, literally, what do you mean that almond milk is twenty five cents? I'm sorry. Can you stop charging me extra for soy and almond and coconut? Like, do you mind? Literally, it costs less to produce those items than it does for milk, and the pollution is far less. So, if you don't mind, next time tell your Starbucks price to that. (laughs) 
I will. I'll start a scene. Listen, I just wanted to sit down. This is not, this is a judgment. This isn't space. an attack. This is not an attack. This is, we need to be able to talk and express ourselves. I just ourselves. wanted to let you know that the price of almond milk, you know, it, I just wanted to let you know how I'm feeling. Do you hear my truth? My small latte should not have to cost me over $5. My truth is that <laughs> I feel that I shouldn't have to pay more than that, that it's hard on my banking. Do you hear that? I'm just trying to save the animals. Did, like, do you hear the? Do you hear me? I'm communicating. Yeah. <laughs> As a <the> police. <laughs> yeah. The natural segue. Began to search the house. Ronald Jr.'s testimony began to crumble. Finding an empty box. I mean, before... sorry. Do you bloody well reckon? It was so fucking trash. Like, no... <laughs> he's really he hopped like... up on like LSD and heroin at this point too, and he's like. I don't know. Out. I just walked in, and, and <laughs> or he's totally sober too. That's the thing. And I thought it was the mafia, right away. Oh my gosh! So they found an empty box of recently purchased thirty-five caliber Marlin gun in, um, in his room, and that gave, and that gave authorities pause. <laughs> Did they give them one pause or two? I think three pauses. It was a pretty big pause. Also, you know, it was like a beat. Me? You know, me like one, two, two Mississippi's. Yeah. And then they're like, do you think? <laughs> you know what's weird is that guns come in I gotta in stop boxes. laughing at my own jokes, I just gotta say. It's becoming really sad. Well, I'm, I think that that's kind of the point of the podcast. Thanks. I think if we yeah. didn't laugh at what we were saying. That's true. Like, then no one else would know they have to laugh. It's like, somber, a laugh. Yeah. it's like it's a, a laugh, laugh track. <laughs> so as the timeline came together, it seemed more realistic that the murders had happened earlier in the morning. The family still all had their pajamas on. So it couldn't have happened earlier in the day, placing him at the house at the time of homicides. Mm -hmm. So questioning him with the evidence, his story began to change. As the story unraveled, the cops got a confession out of him. He finally stated, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Hmm. I imagine murdering your entire immediate family would go fast. It's only 15 minutes too, which is crazy. Eight shots, 15 minutes. Eight shots. Like that. I guess he did shoot someone more than once then. Yeah, I think have. he did. I think he did. I, I don't remember which person. That's though. so um calculating. It's like a Well he just went in a two, you know, and then like one one yeah. and then went to the next room and duh duh went to the so next room. So it's if like it's like he was in some kind of trance. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Defoe's trial began October fourteenth in nineteen seventy five, nearly a year from the date of the murders. His defense attorney, William Weber, attempted an insanity plea for him. They and... always fucking do when it's a white <laughs> dude who shot a bunch of always, people. Always, always. And the murder suspect told jurors that he heard voices that told him to kill his family. Mm, yeah, so this did. is the part we're going to talk about. I'm going to be talking more about the supernatural aspect since this is supernatural. a supernatural day. I don't know yeah. where that voice came from. Is this a supernatural day? It doesn't feel like it. I think you need to just <laughs> clamp it shut, I think. <laughs> I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you have this, though, because you're doing a good job. Thank you. Oh, that brightens my Okay, day. we're done with the okay. podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> no, we're not. Stay. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a lot, but okay. sit with me. That's okay. All of this is a lot. Get a nice little butt crevasse in your seat. I think that we should rebrand to make our slogan, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot. <laughs> Let's put that on a t-shirt. Put that on some boxers. No, yeah, don't put that on remember. boxers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, I'm uncomfortable now. I think that our when we inevitably have merch, merch. that'll be the poor universe. I don't think can handle us having merch. merch. Don't worry. Okay, so there are many that believe the statement made by Defoe and believe that demonic forces pushed him to not only kill his family but his overall behavior and temperament. In the fall of 1976. The attorney that represented Defoe Jr. Uh, contacted a popular doctor named Hans Holzer. Okay. Who specialized... My favorite character in this story. Hans. Hans is a good name. Mm-hmm. Who specialized in paranormal events and topics during the 70s. He's considered one of the first professionals in the area of paranormal investigations and was considered a leading expert on the topic. The fact that there is, like, a professional on paranormal investigations kind of makes guy. me giggle. Yeah. He's, he, sounds he sounds cool. very, like, German, too. I'm yeah. Hans Holzer. Hans Holzer is very German. It is very, very German. Mm-hmm. Or Austrian. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Okay. So he was hired to see if um, the demons, if there were demons in a haunting that had anything to do with the murders of the family. So he believed the crime was a direct result of demonic hauntings or even possession and agreed to do the investigation. 
Holzer invited along a close friend who was considered a trans medium named Ethel Myers. I love Ethel. <laughs> oh trans... my god, can you draw? I'm just picturing a raving medium because it's like trans music, like a trans medium. Can you <laughs> draw Ethel? Ethel and Hans together for this episode, can you please? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Do like doing what they do. They're sol- they're solving it. She'll they're be transing and he'll be holtzing. It's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the house was completely empty as the Lutzes had just moved out. And I have to add, at this time, the book that they were writing was not at all completed or released. So there was no influence from the book. So did they? They worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren. They did. They did Ed and Lorraine Warren write the book, or did they write the book? I think they wrote the book. I don't think Ed and Lorraine Warren wrote the book. Wrote it. I think the family they wrote it. Or they had a ghostwriter. Because I just remember the first scene of The Conjuring 2 is Ed and Lorraine Warren in their house. Yeah. So, like, I know that they... They did work with them. Worked yeah. with them. Yeah, but they didn't write the book. Okay. The Lutzes did. Or they had a ghostwriter write it. Because, let's be honest, the Lutzes didn't write the book. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a ghostwriter. It was probably a ghostwriter. A literal ghost. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, before the investigation began on January 13th, the two researched every detail tied to the Defoe murders. The medium, Ethel, spent quite a bit of time in each room attempting to pick up any type of energy that she could. At this time, Holster attempted to record it, but the camera kept malfunctioning. Mm, that's an interesting one. Mm. That happened to us when we were... That did happen to us. It kept turning off. It did. Which was but that, that, that Yeah. That was... It's my stomach rumbling. Could, well, I don't it. think that they can, but I did. Sure, <laughs> yeah. so. It's been happening um, all day today. That could have been batteries, but it was it was weird. It was weird. It was odd. Like, moment. who knows? It's yeah. a weird bathroom. Like, I yeah. don't like going there. Mm-hmm. So Ethel went into a trans-like state and started to express many particularly interesting points related to the structure that they were investigating. I don't know why I didn't just write house, but structure it is. <laughs> According to her testimony, the Amityville Horror House had been constructed over a section of land that was considered to be sacred to a tribe of indigenous people that had designated the area as a place for their dead. Oh, wait, a place for their dead. Okay. Um, It seemed that the exact location of the house resided over the special tomb, special grave of a chief, that was highly respected throughout the tribe. According to her testimony... The Defoe murders were a direct result of the wrath of the chief's angry spirit that still walked the land. Because of this fact, the Ronald Defoe Jr. was a troubled person battling years of abuse and using recreational drugs. He was possessed by this angry spirit. That Now, in the like the realm of possession, they do say that like spirits, mainly demonic beings, are more drawn to people who are depressed, mm-hmm. who have high levels of anxiety, who are drug users, who are troubled because they have a weaker sense of self and sense of spirit and like mental it's like it's like in harry potter when he's (laughs) bear with me when he's trying to train himself to block out voldemort entering his mind and he's in snape's office and snape is being like you're not trying hard enough it's one of those things they enter their mind and space and he is just like laughing i was just gonna say that it's like in a in spiritual immune system but i guess it, yours is. Works better. <laughs> I it is a spiritual immune system yeah mm. so it would make sense that like out of everyone in the family if something was there that he would be the most susceptible and that it would continue to develop a horrible behavior and a horrible person, period. But I'm just tired of people putting it out on Indigenous, like... Okay, I have two things to say. First of all, thank you for not saying Indian bur- burial ground. They were saying that in all the articles I was writing. That's incredibly I was like, I'm racist. rewriting <laughs> this? Or they would just say Indian burial ground. I was like, I'm going to write no, it as probably not. Indigenous, if you don't mind. Indigenous burial space that was yes. sacred to Yeah, that's what I said, like... Um, well, and then, okay, and then the second thing is that... Honestly, this whole... This country and America mm. is built on indigenous Land. space. Yeah. And white people fucking deserve this. Well, if they're going to barge in here and build. Like, yeah. I, I imagine, because, you know, space, like, before imperialism and Christianity, mm. and, you know, we could go all into that, space was sacred and land was sacred. And so I imagine that a lot of our, our structures are built on sacred spaces. Yeah. And so it's not... Like, I have a problem with the idea of like an angry, yeah, exactly, chief spirit, yeah, you know, because I feel that it's 
Well, that's what not I was someone who's angry for look. no. Re- it's it's a disrespect. It is, and that and it's still continuing today. Like the whole Kinder mm-hmm. Morgan situation yeah. just makes me want to just pull my hair. Well, up. and you have to expect uh, negative energy coming from yeah. disrespect. But also, they always seem to like use land that specifically was like a sacred spot for tribes. Mm-hmm. Like there is a tuberculosis um, asylum from back when tb was around that they mm-hmm. built on like a sacred part of indigenous land mm-hmm. and it's like can you like not can you well, not especially since can you a tuberculosis asylum like that's gotta be it's a quarantined people, area yeah for people who are, are already vulnerable to have all the negative energy from disrupting a space exactly. like that is really it's so um easy for white people especially in like the supernatural community yeah and, and just like, paranormal community indigenous to say, tribe is angry it's like though there's yeah. this indian burial ground i hate saying that but you know what i mean that's what they say to yeah, say yeah. this indian burial ground and they're angry at us for being here and it's like well you you don't understand the nuance of, yeah. of what happened here and, and if they're just like if there is, then they have every right to be angry mm-hmm. and just take it. But it could also have nothing to do with that. Exactly. It could just be a product of culture, especially in the 70s. Absolutely. Um, where Indian burial grounds are spooky and scary. Oh, yeah. They were, like, in so many different films. And mm-hmm. what was that? Poltergeist? Is that what Yeah, I Poltergeist had, like, the house on a uh, native burial ground. Yeah. From what I remember. Which, like, how the fuck would you like it if someone bulldozed over your cemetery? Where your mom well, there are buried. so many cemeteries that not even indigenous, but in general cemeteries, like even Langley, which is close. That's interesting. Is actually. is literally apparently just it's a small town. Just it's a quick segue. It's a small town. It's really pretty. We like going there to get away mm-hmm. from stuff. And when we did a, a tour, they were saying there's a really good chance that the entire small um, mm-hmm. downtown of Langley is just a giant graveyard. It's littered with dead bodies. Yeah, but they just haven't been able to find them all. And we were walking on a yard. They're like, there's a really good chance you're walking on a lot of bodies we just haven't found yet. Mm-hmm. But we've done detectors and they've detected you know, yeah. beings. That and obviously are they're the going to dig people up. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can't dig up the foundation of the house, right? Mm-hmm. But anyways, as I was saying, Yes. So as a way for the spirits to express their anger, they experience... Express yourself, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. The susceptible Ronald was possessed and committed the crimes without even realizing it. Throughout his stay at the Amityville house, Ronald was often reported to become angry, experience violent outbursts, and going into trances that were uncharacteristic of him. It appeared that when the Amity murders took place, it was not Ronald that had committed the crimes. He was simply a living vessel for demonic hauntings that wanted to seek revenge on the souls that were responsible for breaking their sacred ground. Now, I doubt it had anything to do with indigenous people, but there is possibility that there was an energy in the house because those things do get attracted to, if he was already troubled, Mm -hmm. those kind of energies will find those who are troubled. Here's my issue. I don't well, know if you want me to do tell. I don't know if you want me to wait until you're done. Let's wait until I'm done. Yeah, for let's, me to let's give finish. Because I think I'm gonna have the same issue when you're done. But I'll yeah, let you... let's let's finish this. So while Ethel's doing her trans thing, uh, the Defoe family still appeared in the home on occasion. Their spirits were torn and confused because of the fact that they did not understand why their son and their brother had taken their lives from them. It appeared that they revisited the home on a spiritual level quite often in order to uncover the answers of all the questions they had. Ethel concluded that the spirits of the deceased family were sad and extremely troubled. You don't say, Ethel. <laughs> Bloody reckon. Don't You don't say. Do you think one of them's going to be like, you know what? It is what, YOLO. I literally YOLO. <laughs> do you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust Ethel? <laughs> like a zero. <laughs> A minus eight. Anyone who calls themselves a trans medium, trans medium, I keep saying trans medium, trans medium, I'm going to take pause. I'm going to take three pauses and I'm going to be like, you sure? You sure that's what you are, Ethel? You pause it. Why can't you just be a medium? Like just a regular old run of the mill. She loves trans music, so. <laughs> she has it like playing her in a car. She's yeah. driving up. You know, Ethel's coming to investigation when you hear. <laughs> and like the house is moving. You're like, that's Ethel. She's coming to talk to the ghosts. Ethel just seems like, and we'll see what your interpretation is when you create her. Um, don't look up a picture of her, please. Um... <laughs> She seems like she would wear dreamcatcher earrings. Yeah. And like 
Do you know what I mean? Damask print, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. scarf and, like, or, like, um, th- uh, mala bracelets and mm-hmm. Buddhist roses. Well, and, like, burn sage and call it smudging and that Definitely. Kind of thing, she has is... pants from Thailand or mm-hmm. Bali, you know, she the harem style. Yeah, definitely. She always, time, yeah. she always brings up how she went to Thailand, like, mm-hmm. anytime she and gets. they're such a spiritual people there. They're such a spiritual that's people. That's what she was. That's not me. That's That's Ethel. what, that's Ethel. That's not us. No, and Ethel would talk about how, you know, she became one with the Himalayas and, mm-hmm. I picture her looking like Trelawney, to be honest. But cool. Like, Trelawney's cool, I mean. Yeah. So not Trelawney. I picture her as, like, an umbrage, but like a a spiritual umbrage. (laughs) Don't know what that'd look like. Like a New World umbrage. A New World umbrage? That's a terrifying thought. So, due to the findings associated with the paranormal investigation of the home where the murders took place, Dr. Hans Holzers decided that he should investigate the Defoe murders a bit more. On the 27th of June in 1979, he took William Weber to um, the penitentiary in the state of New York where Ronald was located in. Um, Initially, he tried to walk Ronald through the whole, like, everything that happened through hypnosis, but um, it was unsuccessful. When Ronald responded to his useless efforts, he made a comment. <laughs> was, that, was that a judgment on your part? Or was that already there? That's what Ronald said. You're useless. So he made a funny. comment that, yeah, it's like, your efforts are useless. That's mm. I just, I picture you, like, inserting that, like, on, on, in response to his useless efforts. It does sound like me. <laughs> You're not wrong. It does sound like something I would say. Your efforts are useless. You should just give up. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm very encouraging. Um, (laughs) Okay. He made a comment that a group identified as they would not permit the hypnosis. Okay. Once he discovered that his attempts would not be successful whatsoever, he decided to have a little talk with Ronald Jr. Mm. As he discussed the events leading to the Defoe's murders, the doctor was able to document Ronald in saying that all types of unexplained phenomenon occurred throughout the Amityville Horror House. Unusual sounds that could not be explained occurred in the structure. For quite some time, the family was convinced that there was not, they were not the only people living in the house, and it was not unusual for sounds that resembled knocking or footsteps to be heard by the family. The presence of demonic hauntings seemed to be apparent when Ronald Jr. expressed the fact that there were instances that he would hear unsettling screams, despite the fact that no other person was present at the time. As the interview continued, it became evident that Defoe murders could have very well been a result of demonic possession of entities that were believed to be present in the Amity house. Mm. Ronald recalled the time when religious symbols were placed strategically around the house. One day he had come in when the family was having a discussion about the unexplained phenomenon occurring in the house. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. 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 Okay, so he recalled the fact that his mother had claimed that she experienced something that she referred to as evil and felt that the best way to protect herself and her children was to place the religious symbols throughout the entire home. Ronald concluded that when he killed the family that day in November, he felt as if he was not himself. What? Sorry, what did she experience? Did it say? She said, yeah, she experienced something that felt evil. So she she had a pre- felt a presence so in the like house. A, like a weighty, okay. probably threatening presence. You know what I mean? Right. Like we all kind of felt that, maybe not through a demon, but just mm-hmm. being in a situation where you felt threatened. Yeah. I'm guessing that kind of feeling. Um, <laughs> he felt something odd inside of him, and no matter how much his mind and heart contested to the fact that what he was doing was wrong, he stated he could not stop what he was doing until he had murdered everyone in the home. So that's the possession part. So he felt that someone was telling him to murder. He felt like there was something inside of him, and even though he was telling himself to stop, he couldn't stop. Okay. So it's like he's a conduit, like okay. a vessel. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's basically claiming. Oh, all right. That yeah. makes sense. So now we'll move on to the scientific explanation, which is unfortunately much briefer. So the psychiatrist for the defense, Dr. Daniel Schwartz, supported the claim, saying that Defoe was neurotic and suffered from disassociative disorder. But the psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, proved that Defoe suffered from antisocial personality disorder. Yeah, do you fucking reckon? <laughs> The illness made him, the defendant, aware of his actions, but motivated by a self-centered attitude. Okay. okay, So a narcissist. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. 
Jurors agreed with the assessment, and on November 21st, 1975, they found Defoe guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences and sent to Green Haven Correctional Facility in Beekman, New York. His appeals for the parole board have been turned down. He is still alive today, in jail, and has been married three times. I can't even meet like a half decent person, and this murderer is getting you know like what, though? married. Here's the thing: for every murderer in prison, there's always some fucking woman who wants to marry them. It's, it's for, and they don't get anything out of it too. It's yeah. a really fucking weird thing. It's there's, wild. I, it's unreal the amount of like serial killers who have been married from prison. Why, yeah, from prison. That's a thing. Yeah, it's unreal. While in wow. jail, being incarcerated for charges like manslaughter and rape, and it's just. But he's been mm. married three fucking times. Like, I guess that's not a good thing, because, like, they didn't last. So what does that say? Yeah, clearly he's not good. Clearly he's not a good. Apparently the last wife, he divorced her, because he was saying that she was trying to use who he was as, like, a fame thing, like, to gain notoriety. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so um, there's that. But, okay, so this is the thing that I wanted to discuss, though. Is that at the end of all this, the thing, yeah, that I want to discuss was the fact that in the middle of everything that's happening, no one woke up from the sound of a rifle being shot in the vicinity of a house, and everyone mm-hmm. was pretty much within range of each other. Like, if Did you, you had, have, sorry. No silencer. There, no silencer. No okay. silencer, yeah. And there were eight shots fired from that rifle. Mm-hmm. Nobody, how do they know no one woke up? Because of how they're positioned. Okay. Yeah. Because when someone wakes up, like, they, if someone had woken up from the gunshots, someone would have run out. Someone would yeah, be, like, in another true. person's room. But they were all in bed. Mm-hmm. And they were Unless all they shot were too in bed. scared because they were kids. I don't Because he shot his parents first. Yeah, but I think even children would still shoot out of bed. Like, at least yeah. a 17-year-old daughter would probably get up and be yeah. like, what the fuck's going on kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Because that's the thing that makes okay. it, like, a gray area. That's the one, it's like the Dyatlov Pass. That could be explained, that could be explained, that could be explained, but this couldn't be explained by science. Here's what I want to say. Yes. Does this not sound like schizophrenia to you? It could. Like, that just, I mean, I'm not a mental health professional. Yeah, that's why I'm hesitant. But, like, yeah. And so I don't, I'm not dying. It sounds anything, to me but... like a lot of narcissism, because he's obviously extremely narcissistic mm-hmm. when he thought that doing no work resulted in a measly wage. Yeah. And thought um, that he could just rob his own family and but the the delusion of like hearing things and you know thinking that you have to i'm sure they would have um studied oh my goodness would have um done a it was 70s though schizophrenia was a... no i know bad. but they just were bad at diagnosing. that's very true <laughs> but i mean i'm just saying like it just sounds like yeah but my thing is the rifle shots like mm-hmm. why didn't anyone get up yeah like why didn't anyone wake up from that because that's the wild thing because you would hear your dog barking too like if you didn't wake up from the gunshots you wake up from the dog barking Mm -hmm. either or one and a gunshot you couldn't sleep through that like just a regular glock gives off a really deafening sound imagine a Mm -hmm. shotgun yeah um so did they know for sure that nobody was sitting up they knew they were all lying down in bed that's really weird yeah yeah I don't know. I have nothing. I don't know. I that's that's the thing the that makes it like that's the really the weirdest part is that because if someone had gone up and moved around, then it'd be just straight up okay, cut and dry. It was just science. But this is the thing that makes it like that weird. Why didn't they get up? Was my instinct, Why was it so easy? Why was he able to kill six people in fifteen minutes? My instinct is that he was fucking crazy. Yeah, and like that's what but, my instinct is. Yeah. but I don't. Well, that's with what he's doing, right? But then. Here's the other thing I want to say after having said that. I don't like that rich white men get to get away with stuff. But I don't like the mental gymnastics people do to excuse what they did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because if, if a black man, um, you know, does anything, yeah. exists, he's a criminal, but... For some reason, or, you know, if there's a terror attack, which I'm not condoning, but if there's a terror attack by a person of color, it's terrorism. Yeah, if it's a white person, it's a shooter. And and also, like, they are coming up with everything, demonic possession over just this guy was a piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that always, you know, bothers me about Mm -hmm. this is, like, people, the mental gymnastics people do to try and excuse, not excuse it, but to try and explain it. Yeah. As opposed to just saying this guy was a piece of garbage who murdered his family. Yeah. 
that's what bothers me about this. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And that's why I'm hesitant to say that I believe in a in a paranormal um, for this. Yeah, explanation yeah. for what he did. Yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like with him, it's like I think he's just kind of dry crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more the family not reacting yeah. is the thing well, that weirds me out the most. I've, I, like, if the family reacted, then I'd just be like, this is a Tia case. Whatever experience, you know, his um, his mom had in the house before that. And then also whatever experience the Lutzes had after, regardless of how fabricated it was, you know, there might have been some truth to it. Yeah, and they um, just overloaded on That's a possibility it, yeah. that there was some truth to it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you know much about it. Did you like look it up or? I didn't. I, I already know a bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to bring it's it into like this. Like the green slime and the walls. It was the, very goosebumps. Yeah, it, was it was very, very Fear Street, R.L. Stein esque mm-hmm. kind of tone to it. Um, um, but you know the other explanation um, that a lot of people have said is a carbon monoxide leak. Which could explain a lot. That could ex- it could explain what happened. To the Lutzes, if but, anything did but happen. But all of them. Well, that's what carbon monoxide does. Yeah, but why not him, too? That's the thing. Like, for all of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, what it does is it and creates... And then, but if the cops went in, they'd still smell that leak then. They'd it creates hallucinations and yeah. delusions. So, but if, I mean, but it could... if they went to that house, they'd still smell it, though, right? That's the thing. Because then... Yeah. It hadn't been fixed, so it'd still smell like a leak of some kind. But that would be a good explanation as to what mm-hmm. happened. But it, there's no record of any... Because in the Sundays, I knew what that was, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just am hesitant to let him get off. Oh, I don't want him to. And we're and that's why I'm like, I'm not talking with him, like, with a supernatural yeah, yeah. thing. Just the family. But either way, I hate him. Well, either way, this is such an, such an icon in both true crime and the paranormal. Yeah. And in that, like, the Amityville horror is... Whether it's true or not, it, it is what it is. It's right? infamous. And it's, yeah, infamous, yeah, it's an infamous so. thing. Every not everyone, but most people know about, it and they know about the house. And the house mm-hmm. is creepy. I would never go there. It is creepy. It's a creepy house, and I imagine that I don't know why those people bought it. Oh, why people could live in there? Weird. Yeah, so many people died in that house. Like, I, don't know, I think didn't they get a good deal on it or they something? They did get a good deal on but it, but that's yeah. not worth it. <laughs> no, no. If I was looking at houses, they're like, get it for a really good deal. I'd be like, how many? So, yeah, but six people died in here. Yeah, so. how many people were c- murdered here? Yeah. Be straight up with me, Carol, the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go there and visit. I wouldn't want to say, but I'd go and visit. I would I... rather go to the Winchester Mansion mm-hmm. over Amityville because for some reason that one scares me less. The Winchester Mansion? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, Amityville freaks me out There's really a, big. I don't I know I think why. it's because an entire family was murdered there by their own child, and the house itself just looks creepy like and as opposed to like the sally house where it was just hearsay hearsay yeah. this is like an actual horrifying thing happened exactly yeah it would be like i was thinking about last time we recorded i was thinking like do you think that the youth workers party in norway still goes to utah island because you couldn't after that could you? i doubt it like how could they? i doubt it no yeah. i doubt it no way i i'm sure parents also just wouldn't want that happening. i mean how could you you'd realize also the safety issues yeah. with that place too right it's so isolated well no one would want to go back like it's traumatizing i wouldn't want to go back it's... i wouldn't let my kids go back there absolutely yeah. not no mm-hmm. so that's that's the supernatural that's great thank you sometimes i do stuff that's mm-hmm. good it was weird to have you talk about true crime but i did it with diatlo pasty though that's true yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was a good one you should check out that one because i say a bunch of russian stuff mm-hmm Pronounce a lot of Russian names. You sure do. You sure do. I listened to them recently because I was curious about how I pronounce them. It wasn't bad. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I have yet, no but... idea. I have no idea what I'm going to do next time. Uh, but we're figuring out uploads, and then I am going to be in Scotland. So probably the next few episodes you'll hear are going to be pre-recorded and cute. Yeah. So they might not be so up-to-date in terms of, like, What's happening in What's the world. What's happening in the world yeah. in case something crazy happens. You know, Fingers crossed wood. nothing happens. Um, however, they are going to be there is the good news. The podcasts, yeah. not the things. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that'll be... I hate you. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. But then I'm gone here and there. So. Maybe I'll do a Scottish um, murder before we go. Just rub it in. <laughs> I, I think I will. In. That's a good idea that I just Yeah, just rub it in. Okay. Um... That was great. Good job. Thank you.
pat, um, pat on the back. Is there anything? I think that we need to come up with an idea for how to end the podcast in a way that doesn't feel like bad. Are you telling because, me that bye isn't a good way? No, I don't mean that. I mean like, let's have some. You know how like Karen and Georgia and my favorite murder do like positivity things. Mm. We need to do something like that because this is such a downer all the time that it would be nice to like have something to. All end right, with. so we should have like positive minute, positive minute, something that makes you happy. What's something that makes you happy, Tia? Uh, something that made me happy today was the fact that there are so many flowers growing now that it's spring here, and there's they're just coming back, and it, it just makes me so... Like, I just feel good in, in the spring, and I like the spring rain and mm-hmm. everything, so that made me really happy today. It made me feel peaceful and, and good. What about you? What made you happy? Not today. I was going to say, today I worked in like a, a, a hole. So <laughs> not much anything. to look at. To, um, there are things. There are things that make me happy. Okay. Do you want to tell us? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so hard. I want to see my dog. My dog's like my default. Like my dog's always happy. Mm-hmm. My dog's always my happy. You place. can only use him once. What? I can only use Bilbo. Should have, be like a lifetime supply of happy. Um, bunnies. bunnies. Legit. No, this area that we live in gets covered in baby bunnies because nice. we have a lot of rabbits. So springtime, you see. I know. I love them. They're so cute, and it, they disturb work all the time because all we want to do is look out our windows and watch the bunnies. For some reason, people don't like bunnies. I don't fucking know why. I don't trust people who don't like bunnies. I don't know what their problem is. But how can I mean, you not like a bunny? I bet I you. I bet you, Ronald Jr. didn't like. Yeah, he can go fuck himself. So if you don't like bunnies, you're in good company if you like that kind of company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you do like bunnies, you should keep listening to this podcast. Yeah, because bunnies are the best. Yeah. All fluffy things are the best. All right. All right. All right, so stay tuned. The next episode will be True Crime. Bye. Bye. Hey, Nicola. Yeah, Tia? Did you know that people can leave stars and ratings and reviews with stars and words on our podcast? Gosh golly, gee whiz, I had no idea. Tell me more. Well, what you do is you pop right into the podcast app if you have an iPhone, and you can hit the five-star button. We don't want any reviews that are lower than that, so don't give us anything less than five stars. Don't give us your cheap reviews. We don't want your one fucking star. One guy. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have iTunes, you can still listen to us. And on, you can actually rate us on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. And Overcast. And Overcast. Yeah. And anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. And what is our handle on Instagram, Nicola? So it's the number two, blonde with an E on the end, and girls. Girls! Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you can't take me anywhere. <laughs> It is two blonde ghouls <laughs> on Instagram. And what would happen to be our page on Facebook that you can like us at? Two blonde ghouls. And if you wanted to send us an email with complaints or concerns. Or just general rage. If you have any weird stories about your life or your grandma who and was kind of strange. Just, you know, give some weird rashes. I mean, I'm always found here Found a picture in the attic. Of a dead guy? You can email us at twoblondghouls at gmail.com. You can also email us there if you want to give us money in any capacity. Like, we need the money. Yeah, we do. We, we do. Forward. We do. We love you forever. Well, we won't because you're not capable of love, but we would no. appreciate you. 